0: Merry Christmas my friends Welcome back to the What If Project podcast uh, If you celebrate Christmas A Merry Christmas to you uh, To your family, to your friends To your loved ones I know this can be a hard time of year For people uh, Yeah, It's a hard time of year for me This year my dad you know, Passed away in March And this is the first Christmas he's not here And on most days, I don't know what to do with that. I mean, it seems weird. It's just a day of the year, right? But it's just all the memories and traditions and things, they just feel different now. Uh, We always go to my my parents' house for Christmas Eve. And, you know, my dad's not going to be in his recliner this year. And it's just going to feel really strange. Really strange. Yeah. It stirs up a lot. And for other people, it stirs up it stirs up loss of a, of a person, maybe of a loved one. Or maybe it stirs up the, the memory or the grief that holidays have never been what you hoped they would be. Maybe they bring up a lot of family dysfunction and kind of memories of those kinds of things. Or maybe the the memory of things not being as they used to be. Maybe you grew apart from your family as a result of your deconstruction or something else. And You don't see them as much, or whatever it might be. Everybody's got different stuff. But whatever your stuff is, just know that you're not alone in your stuff. That's why I wanted to release this episode today, it's Christmas Eve, Uh, because as you get ready for Christmas, whether you're driving somewhere or deciding what kind of takeout to get (laughs) to sit home by yourself, or maybe you're finishing decorating or cleaning or shopping or cooking or whatever. Uh, You can have the gentle voice of Alexander John Shia in your ear as you get ready. He's our guest today. Uh, This is episode 270 of the show. It is our Christmas episode. He's going to talk to us about Santa Claus. Now, disclaimer, this episode is not for little ears. If you have children around, make sure they're not within ear range. Put on headphones if you have to, or just don't listen to the episode until another day, uh, because we're going to talk about the history the many myths surrounding the person of Santa Claus and how this figure that we have today came to be. Tracing back to St. Nicholas in the church, the Celtic Green Man, Coca Cola. Did you know that? All sorts of different stories go into this figure that we have today. And then also, we're going to talk about what do you do when your kid comes home from school and says that little Johnny told me there is no Santa Claus and he's wrong. Right, Mommy? Right, Daddy? What, do you, what, do you, what, what does that conversation look like when they start to figure out that there is no guy who comes down the chimney and leaves presents? What does that look like? And what happens if they ask those questions and then wonder, well, what about Jesus? I've never seen Santa. I've never seen Jesus. If the story you told me about Santa is not real, is the story of Jesus real? What do those conversations <laughs> look like? When you go down that rabbit hole. So we talk about those things in this episode. Uh, we talk about a lot of things. So anyway, make sure your kids aren't around, please. Uh, I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> I don't want to be the one that ruined it for anybody. Uh, but it's, it's, it's an important conversation. And at the end of the day, what we come, the discovery that we come to, what Alexander shares is that it, 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 the story is true. Not because it's a historical fact or a a literal truth that there is a guy in the North Pole who comes down your chimney with presents, but it's true because the story speaks something to our deepest level of humanity. And that's also why the stories of Jesus are true. Not because he was necessarily born of a virgin, not because he was necessarily Rose from the dead, not because of any of those things are his- necessarily historical accuracies. Maybe they are, or they're not. I don't know, whatever. That's not the point. The point is that the stories are true because they speak to our deepest part of our humanity and they awaken something in us. That's what makes them true. And so that's the idea that we can convey to our children. And Alexander and I are going to talk a little bit more about it uh, in just a few minutes. So I'm going to put the link to Alexander's stuff in the show notes. Uh, A book that he told me about uh, when Santa was a shaman. I think I mentioned it in the episode. I'm going to put that link in the show notes as well. And also links to my books and to Patreon and all the different things. So anyway, all that to say, my friends, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to your loved ones, your friends, your family. Uh, Enjoy the day. Whatever is stirring up in you, may you find a few moments of peace in your day. And know that you are never, ever alone. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, after the new year. January 1st will be season 7 of the show. And we'll be kicking off an 8-part series called New Ideas for the New Year. 8 episodes in 8 days. January 1st through January 8th. 8 different episodes to kick off the new year. I'll tell you more about it then on Monday. But for now, Merry Christmas. Enjoy. Echoing their joy
1: Gloria, in it shall cease day, oh. Gloria, in it shall cease day, oh.
0: all right hey everybody welcome back to the podcast today we're sitting down with the legendary Uh, the one and the only alexander john shia to talk about some christmas related items because really what christmas would be complete without hearing from alexander so alexander welcome back to the podcast it's always a pleasure
2: thank you glenn i was i thought i'm sitting down with the legendary glenn Siebert.
0: oh no 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 it's the opposite (laughs) it's definitely the opposite (laughs) so for our listeners uh full transparency we are recording this in september uh, and we're talking about Christmas because getting something on the calendar for both of us close to Christmas was proving next to impossible. So we just said, let's just do it when we can. And so uh, here we are. But even so, uh, Alexander, you've got your navy blue God. Advent shirt on. I've got my I've navy got,
2: blue Advent shirt on.
0: There you go. I've got Christmas lights around my desk all year long, <laughs> but I got them in the back of me as well for those of us who are on video. So we're about as festive as we can get for September. All right. All right. All right, so uh, Alexander, I brought you on the show because I wanna I wanna learn from you a little bit about the topic of Santa Claus and the origins of Santa. And last year, you might remember, uh, you turned me on to this book, which I have right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Santa was a shaman, and it's a, a book that goes into all these different details about the uh, histories, the origins, the stories, right, surrounding this this figure of Santa Claus. And I should say, and I'll mention this in the intro that I will record before the episode, but just in case people missed that, uh, this episode is not for the young ears because there are some right. sensitive things that we'll be discussing regarding Santa. So if small people are around, it might be best to pause, to pause this until a little bit later. Uh, but Alexander, I wanted to begin by asking you if you could share with our listeners um, a little bit about... Uh, how santa claus came to be like the the figure that we have today you know the old guy with the white beard who wears a red suit he brings all the the presents to the children because after reading that book like i realized there are so many different paths to travel there's like so many different topics like the green man coca-cola's thrown into the mix you know saint nick's shamans untangle all this for us and help us understand uh how we got to this guy that we celebrate today (laughs) in in three minutes in three minutes or less (laughs) the clock starts Um, now
2: (laughs) all right so and and just um you know help help me with this if i get lost in the weeds yeah yeah so i I would like people to think about two main rivers that came together Mm -hmm. and one is the historical figure of saint nicholas a bishop in turkey mm-hmm. and the other is the figure of the green man in the northern the way northern climates of europe now how do these two fit together well let, let's start with uh let, let, let's start with with europe mm-hmm. northern europe because it may come as a surprise but As Christians, we did not have the feast of Christmas until we went north of the Alps into the Northern climates of Europe. And we were trying to describe what we understood and what we celebrated. And they couldn't understand those of us from the Mediterranean basin because the Mediterranean basin was largely about the moon calendar and Northern Europe was largely about the sun, the S-U-N calendar. And in in a in a in a very deep winter climate, the winter solstice is a critical moment because if the sun sun does not come back, all agriculture is gone. There there's no warmth. There's no growth. And in those days, the people in those northern climates of Europe did not have our belief that oh well you know this is the day that the sun turns around and it starts to grow again Mm. they felt that they had to do spiritual practice to bring the sun back Mm. so it was very important for them to be able to do the practices in their minds to to encourage the sun to come back and part of what their practices were were the practices of generosity Mm -hmm. that generosity literally generosity in greening you can think of the color green like the springtime and generosity as having a connection here Mm
3: -hmm.
2: all right so when we go well I keep saying we when Christians these (laughs) these are ancient ancestors (laughs) of ours go north of the Alps go up into Northern Europe and we meet this incredibly important celebration they have of bringing the son back to life mm. um they wanted they needed from us a figure that represented generosity and of course we could give them the figure of jesus mm. but we also gave them the figure of saint nicholas now let's bring Saint Nicholas into the conversation Saint Nicholas is a is a bishop on the coast of Turkey um third fourth century and Nicholas was born to uber wealthy family hmm. like in our language Nicholas would have been born to uh Nicholas was the only son of billionaire parents right <laughs> Tragically, his parents died uh, at a very early age and left him orphaned, but quite wealthy. Mm. As a young man, bishop, uh, as a young man, Nicholas becomes a priest and then suddenly is elected bishop of this whole Christian area of Turkey. Mm. And Nicholas has got a heart of generosity he is sitting on this fortune but when he died um about 40 years later he died a pauper Mm. he gave everything to the people who didn't have food who didn't have shelter Um, and he was especially known for he would do this anonymously until he was finally tricked and caught Mm. but in those days families who had daughters and the family didn't have the money for a dowry Mm. they would have to sell their daughter into slavery Mm. because they couldn't provide a dowry for her and Nicholas upon hearing that a family was in that situation would leave bags of gold outside the doorway so that their young daughter would have money for a dowry oh. and finally uh, one family caught him otherwise he would not have been known who was leaving yeah. all this money at the doorways that's where the tradition of leaving candies and in, in shoes on the feast of nicholas comes from oh. or this 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 money that he left uh, for for young girls so nicholas was a figure Really, the first thousand years of Christendom, he's the great figure. Today, we might say that St. Francis is probably the most popular saint. But in the first thousand years, it was Nicholas. And it's because he was just, no one came to him with a request and left without help. So when we go, Christians go north of the Alps, and we see this festival that the Celts have, Mm -hmm at the darkest time of the year. And what they are believing is, is that at the darkest time of the year, the correct practice is generosity. And mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting for us to, to, to think about because oftentimes we think about generosity when times are good, mm-hmm. but for the Celts, they believe that at the darkest moment of the year, that was the moment to be most generous. Yeah so we brought the story of nicholas to a story that they had and i would actually say we brought the historical figure of nicholas to this story that they had of quote unquote the green man well, mm-hmm. this kind of, hold on this is going to seem kind of wild <laughs> And I don't know if people have ever seen images of the green man, but usually it's like a male figure with like Oak leaves all over his face, et cetera. Yeah. And the belief is, is that the, and this is especially when we need to make sure that young years are not around, Mm -hmm. um, the green man left earth every year at the summer solstice and went home to the North star and on the night of the winter solstice people would create bonfires of oak wood oak wood was considered the most sacred wood Mm -hmm. and so they were giving of their best wood as uh, an enticement and, and as an offering for the green man to come back and the green man would come back by following the smoke and the fire and go into the fire and go back into the earth and bringing the spirit of greenness and the spirit of generosity back hmm. to the earth and back to the people
3: hmm.
2: so can you begin to hear why quote unquote santa claus goes down the chimney yeah as a kid that always bothered me i was yeah. like he could come through the window. He could come through the door. <laughs> right. why, the, why come down into the fireplace? Right. <laughs> and, and it's the, and it's connected to this ancient story about the green man who followed the smoke back into the bonfire and back into the earth to help us at our darkest moment know the spirit of generosity.
0: Yeah. yeah I always wonder too, like, what if the family went to bed and the fire was lit? what happens to Santa yeah. <laughs> they get
2: torched yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we had a fireplace in the house that I grew up in as a kid and I was like I would not let my parents put a fire in the fireplace for days for the guy I was, right? a, I was cleaning it out I was like looking up the chimney I'm like is it big enough for him to get in right. <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing
0: yeah wow.
2: but also the green man had an animal uh that the green man was known for because this animal represented generosity Mm. and can we imagine what animal that was tell us the reindeer the reindeer (laughs) shocker (laughs) right because for the people in those northern climates Mm. one reindeer would give them food clothing uh cords i mean like one reindeer kill could give them everything they needed to survive the winter. Yeah. So, uh, so the reindeer was sort of the, the, the totem animal, um, to the green man, so when, when, so when we met again, we Christians met the Celtic world, Mm -hmm. we realized that we needed to tell a story from Jesus's life. Mm -hmm. And this is when the story of Jesus's birth became so important Mm.
3: Um,
2: because up to this point, it was really much more the death resurrection. That was the core story. But now we had this other great story of Jesus
3: Mm
2: -hmm. about a a sacred life and about generosity. Mm. But we also wanted to really meet this story about the green man. And so as these great stories happen, the historical, saint bishop nicholas from turkey and the great mythic story of the green man intermingled
3: Mm.
2: into this figure who would come every year at our darkest time in the northern hemisphere and that's really important that this figure comes in the darkness Mm. and we can think about that interior time of darkness as well as the the outer winter, when there's little light and no seeming growth, etc., to so, to to regreen our hearts, mm-hmm. to bring us wonder, and joy, and the spirit of generosity. Mm-hmm. Because for the Celts, they knew that without wonder, joy, and generosity, they there were so many people that were not going to live to the springtime. The old, the the sick um the the widowed all of those people in their culture that needed the rest of the of of the people's help they depended on that generosity they depended on that return of joy and wonder Mm -hmm. so all of this got created for the celtic peoples in the creation of the christmas festival Mm -hmm but also joining St. Nicholas to quote unquote, Santa Claus, Santa Nicholas, is where the Santa Claus comes from. Hmm. And up until just about a hundred years ago, this figure of Santa Claus Hmm. was usually either clothed in forest green green or dark dark navy um the midnight blue of winter Mm -hmm. or the deep green of the returning green man and then um as you've already introduced um coca-cola had this idea in the 1930s because in the United States coca-cola could not advertise to to uh could not advertise to children Mm -hmm. could not advertise to families because there was this minuscule coke that was in coca-cola yeah and so someone in the advertising circle of coca-cola said oh let's dress santa claus in coca-cola red and white yeah and it stuck and it went around around the world
0: it's so weird to me that that's how every time you say that it just blows my mind that that's how that image came to be
2: (laughs) and so obviously there was something in us that in the 1930s yeah as we were getting as, as times were very tense and the drumbeat of war was about yeah was upon us there was something about the red that helped or 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 attracted yeah but it was coca-cola and it is that moment where advertisements suddenly become international phenomena yeah but if you go back and look at those beautiful Hmm. pictures of father christmas or saint nicholas from the 1800s and the early early 1900s you will usually see in sort of a velvet midnight blue Hmm. or or a deep green
3: yeah
2: occasionally in uh like a purple red
0: okay huh so then like i'm thinking now like of my my grandmother was born in i want to say it was 1923 maybe and so that means that when she was a kid my grandma's not around anymore so i can't ask her but when she was a kid that would mean that the image of santa claus that i had as a kid was obviously much different for her because that red and white hadn't been introduced yet
2: now red and white came in the early 1930s so yeah. really the height the height of the depression but yeah the, the 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 drumbeat of of the world war on the horizon
0: yeah all right so then all this talk then about like the green man and saint nick that's it seems like and correct me if i'm wrong but it's almost like the the christians were trying to build a bridge is that the right word with the Celtic people to kind of introduce to kind of not not throw away what the Celts were doing and just well, we're going to do what we do, but to almost find like a way to marry two things together to build a bridge between these two groups. Is that, would that be an accurate way to say? Absol- yeah,
2: absolutely. And, mm. and there's always this sense of um, Jesus is historical figure, but. Christians usually found a follower of Jesus that seemed closer to how we lived, hmm. so that that um, they could point and say, "Look, what he did. He's a human like yeah. you and
0: me. Yeah. Uh,
2: and if he can do it, we can be inspired to do it too.
0: Yeah. Huh. Now, did the you said before about when Nicholas would?" leave the dowry and how that kind of morphed into the tradition of leaving candy and, and trinkets and, and the shoes and things like that. Did that then evolve into leaving the presence yes. under the tree? So like yes. we can trace it back to those, those stories. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And,
2: and what I like to remember is that all of this is about teaching us about generosity yeah, about the joy and the wonder uh, in being a generous people and in helping others. Yeah, and bringing that to a child, but bringing that to each other, and especially bringing that to people who have so little. Yeah.
0: So that's a, That's a, that's a good segue into another question I have because I was thinking about you and I had talked about this when we were kind of brainstorming about this episode, but like, what what are some different things that parents can tell their kids about Santa. And we'll talk in a little while about when kids stop believing in Santa, things like that. But for now, like what what can parents tell their kids before that happens? Because I have some, some friends, which is fine, don't tell that they chose not to tell their kids about Santa. So from right off the bat, Santa's not real. And they do that because, you know, they, they want their kids to know that their moms or dads or families, whatever, work really hard all year long you know, for the gifts that they buy. And, you know, they, it creates more of a thankful heart, I guess, in the child, because they understand that mom and dad had to work and save in order to do all this stuff. And that's fine. But then you have other parents who, you know, tell their kids all about Santa and they really go into all the things that's like in our house, you know, it's just all about Santa Claus, things like that. And the kids get really excited about it, but whatever parents decide to do is fine. But I'm curious about like, what are some different ways that parents can introduce these topics into the conversation that we just had regardless of if they tell their kids about that santa's real or not because i think that some of the history just told us about the green man is so rich in meaning and i'm wondering about how we can bring those into the stories that we tell our kids today if you have any thought about that
2: (laughs) well I, i mean the first thing is um i know especially for people who have had any sort of a downturn during the year or someone in the family has died or natural disaster, December and Christmas can be the worst moment of the year. Yeah, And I really want all of us to understand that part of the power of Christmas is teaching about how there can be generosity, uh, there can be love, there can be care, Mm. even when we are in the coldest most unforgiving moment of our life and maybe it's an outer winter or an interwinter Mm. but this is the reason that christianity created the feast of christmas to tell the historical story of jesus's birth but to tell it in the winter time Mm. because it because there is the possibility in those winter days that love joy wonder generosity can be reborn
3: yeah
2: so i i would so in whatever way that parents tell the story whether they choose to tell the story of santa claus or not to know that they're not just telling about this mythic figure But they're using this story to help their children understand about the power of generosity Mm. and that as a child, they are, a child is receiving that generosity. But as a parent, I know that there's going to come the day when we're going to want to bring the child as an active participant in offering that generosity to others, being part of creating that generosity, Mm. creating that care so uh, I'm thinking of my uh I've got a, a great nephew who's seven and a great niece who was six and and the sheer joy on their faces in December yeah but I'm already talking with their parents about how you know the day is going to come and maybe it only is going to be another year or two when they're going to cross the bridge but I really hope that we don't help we don't take them across the bridge just with oh santa isn't real and your parents are the ones who have been doing this true but that we can help them understand that now they can take an active part in spreading that generosity in a dark season
0: yeah I'm, i'm so nervous i guess so like scared about that day because you know she's jordan is in school And so she's in first grade now. And I know that one day she's going to come home and she's going to say that some kid told her that Santa's not real. And then she's going to look at me and say, but he is real. (laughs) Right. Daddy. And I told Dana, I was telling her that that I'm like, I'm, that's going to be the day. Like I pray that I was wrong about the rapture and that Jesus comes back and takes me. (laughs) there. It's like, what, you know, just like, look, I just know the look she's going to have on her face. And it's, you know, it's, It's, it's hard as a parent because like you, like you said, like there's so much magic around the season and there's so much anticipation. There's so much, you know, mystery, there's so much fantasy. There's so much of all of those things that surround the time from really like right after Halloween for us. And it goes right up until right even after Christmas, you know, and just to know that all of that could change, you know, because of what somebody tells her is, uh, is devastating <laughs> to the heart of a parent, you know, because it's just it, everything. Everything will change regarding that season, and so I think that, you know, it's important to think about, like you just talked about, some creative ways to talk to our kids as opposed to just saying, yeah, the kid is right, Santa's not real, and it kind of stinks, and you know, but we're still gonna have fun anyway. Versus bringing them into even deeper mystery, and maybe having that deeper mystery take on a whole new meaning uh, for the season of Christmas for the family.
2: Yeah, I, there's a story and I, there's a cultural story and I know it doesn't, we, we can't recreate it in some way, but I think sure. about this story a lot. And it comes from the indigenous peoples of New Mexico and in, in the U S mm-hmm. uh, amongst the Pueblo peoples and mm-hmm. in their sacred rituals, they have these figures called the Katsinas. And, the, and each, they have a whole, I mean, like maybe 20 different katsinas, and each one represents a different virtue.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then there comes a moment when the child is going to learn that this figure that appears at their rituals, half godlike and half human like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, one of the katsinas visits the house and sits the child down and slowly takes off the mask mm. and begins to tell them the story about the virtue that they represent mm. and that they have been wearing this not because the virtue was not real but as a way to help them live that virtue in their life yeah so I, that's sort of complex language but, it, but it, what I would hope parents would not do is just say, oh, Santa Claus is not real. And mommy and daddy have been doing this all the time, which which is all true. But yeah. one more step. Mm. We've been doing this because we want to help you learn about generosity and about yeah. joy. Yeah. And now we want you to be part of it with us.
0: Mm. Yeah, I was reading, and I, I wish I could find it. I looked for it this morning, but I, I, there was a blog post I came across um, a few months ago. And the person was talking about their interaction. I think it was like a father was writing the blog post about the story of their child coming to the realization that Santa wasn't, wasn't this real, you know, figure, um, and talked about how the husband and wife kind of sat the child down. I thought it was really interesting because one of the things that stuck out to me is that they said to the child, um, you know, right now you're feeling like, you know, the, the, the story of Santa Claus, you know, isn't, isn't real that the, you know, that it's not that that's the lie is that Santa, you know, isn't, isn't real, but actually the real secret is that Santa is real and that it's the spirit of Santa, the spirit of Santa Claus that lives within, you know, mommy and daddy. And that now that you are in on the secret, you get to be part of it because you get to do the same thing for other kids who still, who, you know, are younger than you, whatever um, you get to do the same thing for them that we've been doing for you. And so like, you're almost like on team Santa now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made the child, like it didn't take everything away, but it kind of helped the child see that like, you know, just because Santa isn't who I thought he was, doesn't mean I have to give up Santa Claus because I think like, I think about Jordan, who's a lot like me and I have a lot, I have trouble letting things go, you know, and I, th- I really struggle with that. And so I think that for her, that's going to be the big struggle is that all my life, whether it's been 60 years or seven years, or eight years, whatever, this has been what Christmas is. And now I have to let it go. And it's something entirely different, but I think if we can, if we can help our child see that that different thing isn't necessarily a bad thing, as different as it might be, but actually a really exciting thing that we get to participate in as a family, around the season of Christmas. I think that that can shine a whole new light, a whole new light on things. And yeah.
2: I, I know for some, they might want to go one more step to remember that that Saint Nicholas was doing, was being the generous person he was, by the power of the Spirit.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, as a follower of Jesus yeah, and that that is ultimately for all of us, especially in dark times. Um, it's the power of the spirit that allows us to do a bit more than what our ego minds might want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny because like thinking about again, thinking about Jordan and I know her mind works out like mine does. So I know that the next question she's going to ask is, well, you know, I've never seen Santa Claus, and now I'm finding out that Santa Claus isn't really, doesn't come down my chimney on Christmas. I've also never seen Jesus, but yet you tell me that Jesus is real. And I know that's going to be, I know that's going to be the next conversation, probably on the very tail end of the Santa Claus conversation. But I think, you know, what you guys said earlier about how this, this mystery, these traditions of Santa Claus, you know, these stories are meant to teach us deep things about generosity and that they are based upon historical figures like St. Nicholas and things like that. The same is true of of Jesus, you know, and that Jesus is a historical figure. Um, and we tell these stories about him that have been handed down through all these generations in order to teach us deeper truths, deeper mysteries about, about life, whether it's about love or it's about forgiveness or it's about um, having grace on people or being, generous with people like these are all of the life principles that come out of the story of jesus so just like santa claus all these these things can come out of that story so many things come out of the story of jesus as well so it's not that jesus isn't real isn't true or anything like that but there's a deeper mystery to it just as there is with santa
2: and i I don't want i would not want parents to get really uptight but also just when that moment comes just take that one more step to gently and continually remind your child that all of these figures are teaching us about something that is utterly true yeah and that all of these stories real historical and otherwise story is the best way we learn
0: yeah yeah I would. I'm. I'm debating if I want to. If I want to go this route, but I'm just gonna say it really quick because I told you the story the other day. I think it would be helpful for our listeners. But Jordan was asking me. In the midst of all of this, thinking about these topics, she was asking me about a Bible story. She's asking me about you know Peter walking on the water. She said, "I want you to tell me the story." And so I'm like, "All right, you know." So I go into my full story mode. You know, I whip out, blow the dust off the story in my brain. I tell her the story. I think I did a great job. And she's like, so if I go outside right now, we we're at we we're at the beach, and I I could walk on the water. I'm like, wow, well, like I I don't know, I don't know if that's gonna work. Said, well, if I walk off the dock, will I walk on the water? I'm like, I, I don't know. He's <laughs> like, well, it says that in the Bible. It says that that's the story, so it must be true. I was like, well, what if? And I said, what if the the story, you know, is meant to teach us like a deeper truth? And she's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, I said, you know, Peter seems like impossible to walk on the water, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I said, but he got out of the boat. He was focusing on Jesus and he was able to walk, do this impossible thing by walking on top of the water. I said, but when he took his eyes off of Jesus, what happened? She's like, well, he began to sink. I'm like, exactly. I said, so maybe the the deeper truth of the story is that we can do hard things. We can walk on top of impossible situations when we keep our eyes locked on jesus on love on forgiveness on generosity you know whatever it might be when we focus our attention on that we're able to do the really hard things of life and when we look away from that and we focus on other things whether it's our fears or anxieties whatever you know we begin we begin to sink and i could see like a little light bulb went off in her head like she i, I was wondering if she's going to press even harder but she didn't she just kind of went off to something else but it was almost like something like an aha almost like there was a sense of like freedom in there because I almost felt like she felt like it's impossible to walk on water dad like I don't know if you have ever tried it but she's like I could tell like she was thinking like that's just not it's just not something that you can do so I think there's almost like a sense of relief there to understand that maybe the story doesn't mean isn't this literal thing but actually has a deeper meaning to it
2: right and she's right at that age point when she can begin to understand that a concrete story can be teaching us something more than just the literal that's right. concrete elements that's, of the story
0: that's right. That's, and right that's
2: just what we want to do with santa claus When that yeah happens.
0: yeah that's really the good okay
2: santa is true
0: yes exactly just is true
2: not the outer costume
0: anymore. yeah and i think it's i think it's understanding too that like truth you know i talk about this all the time that truth doesn't necessarily mean historical reality right like it's not like a just because Truth isn't necessarily historical. Truth, truth is something that's deeper than that. I think that once we make that connection, we can understand that all of these stories have a depth of truth to them. Uh, so last question. In regards to all of this stuff, I'm interested. Like, how do you, Alexander John, bring this stuff into your celebration of Christmas? Because I know you're a big Christmas guy. And I know that you, you you this is like one of your favorite times of the year. So I'm interested, like, how does the the green man And all of those kind of traditions make their way into your celebration of the holiday so that maybe some of our listeners can incorporate some of that into their their own traditions
2: well and i I, um i love the beauty and the wonder and the generosity of december yeah but i also know in my own life and, and and working so many years as a therapist this can also be the worst month of the year yep so i i um have practices where I where I want you know, my great phrase. I like candles in December mm. to decorate the dark. Yeah. I like candles not to say the light is going to drive out the dark, but the light is going to help me hold the dark. Mm. It's going to help me hold the bitter times uh, and the hurt. Mm -hmm. and that there's another power that can take the wounds and and make them a a radiant joy so December is this sweet bitter month
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um because I never ever ever want anything that I do to say to someone else they're shut out from the joy they're shut out from the wonder that I'm not celebrating something that isn't accessible, that they're not included in. Mm. Um oh, it I I've had difficult December's where I've watched the world go by with everybody seemingly happy and my just breaking apart inside. Yeah. Um this celebration of the winter solstice for the Celts and Christmas for us was about there is a presence in the dark times yeah that can hold us
3: yeah hmm. and
2: that's the most generosity of spirit ever yeah so um I I try to do things in December that remind me of joy and remind me of wonder um even when I don't feel it
0: yeah yeah that's just good because I I'm you know everybody knows the listeners know you know that my father passed away in in march and so this will be the first christmas without him and i'm just sensing that you know it's 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 great to have jordan because she brings all the excitement you know (laughs) to every day but there's going to be that very heavy sense that there's something really important that is missing in a sense and so that idea of decorating the dark with the light and you know, that even things like generosity, even things like love, even things all these things are accessible in the midst of the darkest times is a really important thing to remember for me. And as I as you were talking even about like the green man before, and I know this this has like nothing to do with the actual tradition or origin of it, but I was thinking about like you were saying about how you know the the Celts believe that the green man would Was it would be attracted to the burning of the of the wood, and that that brought him back. And I just thought to myself, like honestly, like my heart feels like it's raging a raging fire (laughs) the last six months, and that's only going to increase as time goes on. And that as we approach that Christmas season, that that burning of my heart is not something that drives the spirit away, but something that magnetizes and brings the spirit even closer and so just to kind of let the fires burn let the fires rage and know that you know the spirit will draw close to that
2: and we can live through this now now 25 years ago my mother died a couple of days before Christmas suddenly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and her funeral was on Christmas Eve it was on the 24th of December And they brought the coffin into the church and the church was all decorated for Christmas and it was filled with red poinsettias. Mm -hmm. To this day, I cannot look at a red poinsettia. I burst into tears Mm -hmm. and that's just, it's part of Christmas. Yeah. And I don't want the tears to ever stop Yeah. because they bring me back to the gratitude.
0: That's right. That's right yeah we feel like it's the world tells us that we need to push the tears away and move on with life but you're right i'm finding that was always my approach but i'm finding that the tears it might be heavy in the moment but at the end of the day they feel like the tears bring me back to that sense of thankfulness yeah it's so good all right my friend we are just about out well, of time
2: even, even yeah. though it's even though it's september merry christmas glenn
0: merry christmas to you my friend Thank you. Um, real quick, is there any place? I know you're working on a lot of things these days. I know because I'm working on them with you. But is there anything, any any general announcements you'd like to make to the masses of anything you want to invite people to or to come check out?
2: Um, uh, quadratus is becoming quadratus.org. Yeah. Um, we're in a little bit of a quiet piece right now as we do a lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I hope people will put quadratus in their Christmas prayer and know that all of you are in our Christmas prayer.
0: Right. Thank you. Well, I'll put your links in the show notes, and I'm sure that we'll do this again very soon, because that's what we do.
2: <laughs> Merry
0: Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas. And the mountains in reply
1: Echoing their joy Oh